It behooves you not to dick around this one. Justifiable homicide in line of duty, okay? Now what happened was... What happened was murder. And armed robbery. Oh, wait, we, we had badges, so it's different? Oh, son, see, open your eyes. Can't you see? Huh? That man was your friend, and you killed him. Like <laughs> a <the> fly. <laughs> Come on, my friend, huh? Yeah. Tell me why. Because he knows my first name? Son, this is the game. I'm playing his ass. That's my job. That's your job. Roger sold dope to kids. The world is a better place without him. Hey, this man was the biggest major violator in Los Angeles. I watched that cocksucker operate with impunity for over 10 years, and now I got it. The shit's chess. It ain't checkers. All right, guys, welcome back to another wonderful episode of Chuck Goes to the Movies, where we talk about different films or filmmakers that impact our lives or influence our love of other movies. And today I'm being joined by a first-time guest, long-time listener, Adam. Adam, how are you doing today? Man, I am good. Chuck, how are you doing, sir? I am doing wonderful. It is a beautiful day outside, and I've spent the entire day inside, so I'm probably wasting this beautiful day outside. But uh, no, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. I'm glad that we are finally getting together and doing this. No, man. I know. You know, and I appreciate you. You know, being so flexible because uh, you know we've had this on the books for a couple <laughs> weeks. But you know, wisdom teeth are uh, horrible. Um, I don't know if I can curse on here, so I'm just going to oh, say go horrible. Ahead. Go ahead. They are a bitch. If you, <laughs> if you have yours, I'm sorry if you need to get them out. Uh, yeah, it was about two weeks, man. I was I, I was down and out for the first five days, but I'm back. I'm ready to have some fun. I'm, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, man, not a problem. And, you know, not to rub salt into your wounds or anything like that, but my dentists <laughs> have told me that my mouth is big enough for me to keep my wisdom teeth. So, hey, hey let's keep it that way. Yeah, definitely knock on that wood, man, because <laughs> I tell you, I tell you. Now, I couldn't help but notice that you just picked up and uh, took a sip of a beer. What are you drinking today? Oh, yeah, man. So, um, uh, Aslan. Have you ever had uh, Aslan? I, I, I know it's it's right around the corner from my house, but um, I have it's not. a brewery. It's fairly new up here in Virginia, um, but today I am drinking the Fragile Kind um, Bohemian Pills. Um, I their brewery always has so much beer coming out. Um, it's definitely one one of the fiance and mine's uh, very 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 popular brewery. Um, we visit all the time. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So if you guys want to check that out, hope to have them as sponsor on my podcast one day. Um, they, we love them. That's awesome. So much good beer. Whenever I make it yeah. back up that direction, I'm going to have to go check it out because you know me, my my number one place I up know. there is Fairwinds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I actually like Aslan a little bit better. Not oh, gonna lie. oh, okay. Not going to lie. Um, I think their setup at Fairwinds is a little bit better than Aslan's uh, with the outside seating and everything like mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, with COVID right now, that's everything. Yeah, <laughs> outdoor seating is everything. Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are throwing it together, but Aslan's trying to do some good stuff as well, trying to accommodate for COVID. So, yeah, you know, next time you're up, we'll have to go. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. But, All right. But what are you drinking? I- I'm drinking a Diet Coke. I am actually not drinking uh, beer this time. Uh, I've been feeling just slightly, slightly under the weather with headaches and stuff like that. No, I don't have COVID. Uh, I've been tested. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's go. just. Uh, I just don't think I could uh, deal with the beer today, so I'm just sticking to Diet Coke. 
Yeah, well, way to make me seem like an alcoholic. All right. Uh, well, I would be right there with you, so don't worry. Um, you have a, a wonderful podcast, and I love listening <sighs> to it. Why don't you tell the listeners about it real quick? Man, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I have a podcast. It's called The Me Show. So that's T-H-E-M-E-S-H-E-A-U-X. And it's a play on my middle name. So my middle name is Me Show. Um, and I kind of just started, I've always kind of been like, I believe people wanted to listen to me. Why, why can I do a vlog? <laughs> I can, I'm funny. I can do this. Um, so I started as a vlog. Then I did an interview, uh, a Zoom interview with my brother. And people are like, yo, that's amazing. The way it, it, they're like, you're kind of like a natural. The way you talk to them, have a conversation um, and keep it flowing. So it kind of turned into a podcast. And, you know, we kicked it off in, I guess, officially like April may um and it's grown to something i never thought it would be but it's it's fun we talk about news politics sports a lot of sports pretty sports heavy but we try to you know put in some entertainment and news in there as well (laughs) i would have to admit that i would not be able to know anything that's happening at least in basketball world because i don't follow basketball if it weren't for your show so i appreciate that and i do love uh I love the wide variety of stuff that y'all talk about there, and I especially like the little takeovers that you uh, allow to happen on your show. Yeah, yeah. Those are know, fun. The, uh, the women of the Me Show definitely were like, ah, we, we got to put our little touch on here. So I was like, all right, hey, go ahead. Hey, if, yeah. you, if you give uh, 50, 50 listeners, y- you can continue doing it. So they, they achieved that. So that will continue in season three for sure. That's awesome. And y'all are, y'all are doing great things over there. If you haven't had a chance to go check them out yet, go check out The Me Show. Uh, are you on all uh, podcast platforms? All podcast platforms. And we also have a website where our shows are on there as well. You can listen there at The Me Show. So dot com. Look at you go. Got a website and everything. That is yeah, awesome. Man. He's also on Instagram and Facebook, guys. So make sure you check him out there as well. For sure. All right, so we are here to talk today about a Denzel Washington movie that you requested, um, Yes, Training Day. So yes. full disclosure to all my listeners out there, I have not, I had not seen this movie until Adam requested that we talked about it. So I am a newbie. I'm a fresh guy going, oh, I am the rookie on this podcast going into this episode on this movie so i've got some thoughts i've got a lot of thoughts actually and i can't wait to share them (laughs) i love it i love it i remember calling my brother after watching the movie and i'm just like robert this is going to be like episode this is going to be my episode planning conversation right here i've got some things i've got to talk through and so he sat there and he talked through these because he's a huge fan of denzel washington and this movie as well so uh i really appreciated his feedback on it so i can't wait to engage in this conversation with you yeah, I mean, this is awesome, man. You know, uh, I reached out to you and was like, yo, we definitely got to, you know, come together, do an episode together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not the biggest movie person ever, though. So <laughs> I was like, if the movie doesn't have Denzel Washington or isn't a fast and something furious, <laughs> uh, I, I I don't have much to talk about. Yeah. And you're, you're like, name a movie. I was like, training day. Like, training day. It's, it's the best. I think it's the best movie ever. But, you know. I would love. I can't wait to hear your take. This is great. To each their own. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We will get there. But uh, before we really dive into this movie, I always like to ask um, my guests 
a question that may or may not have to do with what we're talking about today, but a question, kind of like a little icebreaker, if you will. Are you ready for your question? I am. I kept oh, it simple man. for your first time on here, so don't be too, too okay. worried. All right. All so right. training day cannot be the answer to this question, just so you know. If you had to Ooh. choose a Denzel Washington movie to put at the top of the list, like it is the best Denzel Washington movie in the world, what would what would it be? But then on the flip side of that, you have to remove a Denzel Washington movie from the list. What is his worst one? Go. Man, see, and I kind of knew that you were going to do this to me. <laughs> uh, um, Man, am I predictable? Hardest... I'm going to have to start shaking it up here. No, you know, I listened to uh, the episode where we were talking, where you talked about uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, I was going to be on here and mm-hmm. you guys talked about what was a bad Denzel movie. And, <laughs> uh, and I still haven't picked one. But so I'm going to go, well, let's start with the easy one first. I think if you're talking Denzel, mm-hmm. you know that he has two um, Oscars, right? Yes. So, I think I feel like you have to go with Glory. I mean, Glory was an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're taking Training Day away, I think that would be my number one movie uh, for anyone to watch. If you aren't a Denzel lover <laughs> and you can't watch Training Day, you got to watch Glory. It's okay. amazing. His acting in there, phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and it's a great story. You know what I mean? When you... When you watch it and you realize it's a true story about the first black regime, it's it's amazing. So his it, character was awesome. It's been a while, but I have seen Glory, and I do remember it being a wonderful movie. I'm going to have to sit down and rewatch that again. We have to do the difficult part now, Adam. What is <sighs> the worst, in your opinion, Denzel Washington movie? What are we going to strike from the list? All right. So, you know... Denzel has a lot of movies out there. I mm-hmm. haven't, so I got to be honest. You know, that's my opinion. I haven't seen all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to do post like 2000s ish era. And I think I would strike Deja Vu just because it's a weird story. Mm-hmm. Like you have to watch it two or three times to really understand it. So that's the one that's like, uh, it's a little weird. But uh, Book of Eli's on that as well. I mean, Eli's a little close because if you don't pay attention throughout the whole movie, when you get to the end, you don't understand what everything was. So you might not get the full effect of the movie because I've heard people like that movie wasn't cool or anything. I'm like, that movie was actually really great if you understand the plot and what he what's going on in the movie. So if you're someone that's not really can follow a movie, those are the two that are the hardest but I love Booker Eli so much that I would have to go with Deja Vu to strike off. All right. Well, th- that's a fair assessment. And so to be fair to you, I will go ahead and give my answers to this as well. So yes. uh, my, one of my favorite Denzel Washington movies is The Pelican Brief. And I've, yeah. I, but I like John Grisham films too. So John Grisham books turned movies. Mm-hmm. I think they do a fantastic job for the most part when they translate these books to movies. But um, I do like that. And then I, I'm, it's going to be a tie. I love John Q as well. I remember going to see John Q in theaters, and I was crying. I love that movie so, so much. 
it's one of my favorite Denzel performances. If it doesn't move you, something's wrong with you. Yes, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, we just rewatched it at my house. Ah, gosh, I haven't seen it in a few years. Yeah. I need to sit down and rewatch yeah. it. I'm not ready to cry. Um, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> it's definitely rough. And if I had to pick one to take off, not being a huge Denzel Washington fan myself, I, gosh, I, the Manchurian candidate would probably be the one that I would choose to wipe out. Only, it's a remake, and for a remake it was okay, but I, I felt it was lacking in a lot of things. I think they were trying yes. to really drive this movie on star power more than yeah, actual yeah. plot or anything else. So that's why I would go ahead and strike it. And the magnif- uh, the remake of The Magnificent Seven would be kind of right there with it, too. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I mean, that, and there, there was definitely a lot of star power in Magnificent Seven. Yes. Um, that was the same director. Um, yes, it was. Producer. It was the same director. Uh, director, I believe it was director. Same director. So um, when I was doing my research, I was like, Oh, no wonder I like this movie. I was like, <laughs> the list of the movies that this director has done, I'm like, yeah, all pretty good. They're all pretty good. So, yeah, I, I think I can understand why the Materian candidate would uh, come off the list. I'm not going to argue with that one. Well, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I really wanted to say Man on Fire because it's the only oh. Denzel Washington movie I've turned off before actually finishing it. So I've never finished it. Oh, come on, Chuck. You got a Man on Fire is an amazing movie. You don't like Man on Fire? I could not get into this movie. Oh. I was so bored out of my mind. <laughs> maybe maybe I need to give it a maybe it's time for a revisit. I don't know because it has been a long time since I tried to sit down and watch this film. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood at the time. I don't know. So I, I can I can sit there and safely say that I you know I may not have given it its due. And you know, now that you're saying it, like I can see how it, it is slow. It's very slow. It's it's it is a very slow movie, and then it like picks up for maybe the last like thirty minutes, maybe after um, no spoilers, but after um, what is it? Dakota Fanning gets uh, kidnapped. Um, so. I I think that's the other thing. I I've never been a fan of Dakota Fanning. And just like maybe I was already annoyed going into it with that ass. I don't know. I will. I I will give you this promise. I will sit down and give it another try. I will. Yeah, just give it another try. But I, I do get it is slow. But you know, it it breaks your heart too in that movie. Um, but I won't spoil it just because you haven't finished it. But there's a scene in there where you know kids, kids crying or crying out for something. It it, it just touches you. So. All right. Well, give it a chance. Give it a chance. I I will do that because I'm all about giving movies second chances. There we go. All right. So let's dive in to Training Day. Let's knock out some film facts real quick before we really talk about this movie in depth. This movie was released October 5th of 2001. It had a $45 million, estimated $45 million budget, made $22.5 million on its opening weekend, grossed a total of $76.6 million domestically and $104.8 million worldwide. Immediately right there, this is 2001. So I get mm-hmm. that, you know, 20 years ago, blockbusters were different then than they are now, but those are low numbers already on my yes. radar. And it yes, makes me wonder why, for such a, 
for such a movie that got so much following, so much critical uh, praise and uh, critical... Uh, what's the other word I'm looking here for here? The opposite of praise. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow, my brain is not working today. Um, the critics either loved it or hated it, but I mean, you're talking yes. Oscars, uh, Oscar-nominated mm-hmm. and winning performance from Denzel Washington and stuff like that. It only pulled in $104.8 million. Why, why do you think that is? So... Doing the research on this movie, I did not know this, but this movie was actually kind of based on a real story, it, kind of. It was, <laughs> you know, it, it was, you know, displaying the actual, you know, um, now I'm blanking on the word, corrupt um, police and narcotics officers in L.A. So, yeah. you know, uh, Denzel's characters, um, Alonzo is supposed to look like the person that actually got busted and all this stuff. So I, you know, I think it, it, it's a tough pill to swallow when you realize, like, oh, this is actually happening in some neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. this isn't just, you know, fake. This is based on a true story, and and it hasn't even broke yet. So then, you know, a couple of years later, you find out, like, oh, this is what this story was about, and it's just weird. It's a weird background. <laughs> I did not know it going in when I first watched it, but reading this, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. To that's a bold move. It's a bold move to make this movie about, you know, politics and things that aren't great in this certain neighborhood and or neighborhoods and to be like, hey, we're going to exploit this before it even you even know what's really going on. That's heavy. That is. That's that's very thought provoking right there as to breaking the story before the story is actually breaking. And I think what. I think it's the time that it was released too. So sure, it's probably it's being based off of something that is currently happening, or you know, happening right then in two thousand and one. But I also yeah. feel like if this movie were released today, I mean, in a time period now where theaters were still open and stuff like that, and people mm-hmm. were still going to movie theaters, I really feel like more and more people would go and see it because what it, not to get too political right now but what is one of the most popular discussions happening in America right now and that is the corruptness in our police force and stuff like that so i really feel like that's a hot topic that people would be that would, that would draw people to movie theaters to go and watch this movie a corrupt police officer and what the details of that corruption and how you take down that corruption and stuff like that i'm not going to name any names i know somebody who is a former police officer from detroit and he told me some stories that he heard of, he cannot confirm or deny mm-hmm. that they were true, but uh, things that happened in the narcotics division there at Detroit Police Department. Mm-hmm. And he's like, training day? I truly 100% believe shit like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard stories about uh, DCPS. Or, yeah. or not PS, Lord. PD. <laughs> um, yeah. Not the school system, not the school not system. The school system. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I've I've known some people that's had uh, sticky situations that they got out of that were like, hold on, they did what? <laughs> so, I've got my opinions about the DCPD, so. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I mean, it just to me, it was very shocking that for 2001 uh big names ethan hawk denzel washington yeah. stuff like that it just, and all it drew was 104.8 million dollars yeah. 
So, so I got a question. Is that calculating like at like now? So if someone goes, I mean, no one's buying DVDs, but if someone goes out and buys a DVD, you know, are they still calculating after the fact? Or is that just no? These are purely box office records. So okay. not anything that okay. has happened after uh, it's left the box office. And these aren't adjusted for any type of inflation. We're only talking 20 years, but they're not yeah. adjusted either yeah. for any type of inflation. Okay. Some clues into how it performed at the box office could be read through uh, critic and audience score. So I always like to go to Rotten Tomatoes and see what the critics and audiences yeah. feel about these movies. And I was actually kind of shocked about this one. Critics gave it a 73% rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that. And the audience was a little bit nicer and gave it an 89%. So moviegoers definitely liked this a whole lot better than critics did. And I actually took down a couple of notes on critic ratings. So I love to go with my guy, Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times. He says, for its kinetic energy and acting zeal, I enjoyed the movie. I like it when actors go for broke. And I will have to sit there and say, I I really did enjoy those performances from Denzel and Ethan from this movie. In fact, all, almost everybody who was in this movie gave a very stellar performance. Yes, for sure. There's a lot of famous people in this movie, too. Yeah, I was very shocked. Even if it's just for a brief moment, you're going to see yeah. these people. Uh, I loved yes. Terry Crews there. I'm just, he's just like... So intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. He's the one that when you look at the credits, you're like... Hold on, he's in this movie? Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you, got, you got people like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. We'll get there. Yes. Uh, but uh, yes. a lot of famous people in this movie. And then people at the beginning of their careers, Evan Mendez. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side of all of that, I've got a couple more ones. So these are the not-so-good side from the critics. Michael O'Sull- okay. O'Sullivan from the Washington Post said, In the end, wait, in the end, it is less than fully satisfying. And I've got some thoughts on this. I really did feel like the ending lacked in this movie. Mm. And I will and I will expand on that later. But I okay, really do okay. feel like the ending did leave me wanting something more. I I, I needed some I I it had a closure, but not the closure I think I was expecting nor wanted. So Yeah. That's that's for a later discussion. And then the other one I want to read is from Jeff uh, from the Geoff uh, Pever, Pever, eh? Pever, from the Toronto Star. As impersonated by the evangelically thunderous Washington, who is no, who no longer acts with other performers, he acts at them. Alonzo feels about as street as a Beverly Hills ghetto. So he did not. Uh, <laughs> He did not like uh, the performance whatsoever. Wow, uh, that's a very strong answer. He, um, you know, I so I actually read a critic. I sorry, I did not write it down who okay. where I saw this. Um, I actually, I think it was Ethan Hawke that said this. There was questioned later, after, you know, some years after the movie about Denzel's uh, part in this. He says, you know, people gave Denzel a hard time for his role here. Um, But you got to remember, especially in this time, it was not common for the big actor of the movie to be the bad guy or be the bad person. So for him to come in and take this role on to be the 
person that you don't like, that you don't want to like this person in the movie Mm -hmm. and to have that role and to have you have that impact. That means he won. He, He did a good job. You're not supposed to come out and be like, Alonzo is a good guy. Yeah. You know, and it's hard for the big name on a movie ticket to take on that role. Usually they're the good person trying to stop the bad guy. Um, as Ethan Hawke was trying to portray there, but it, it is interesting. It, it's hard. It's hard. A lot of people want to go to the movie and see Denzel, especially Denzel. Mm-hmm. The ladies love Denzel, right? <laughs> we, all, we all know the ladies love Denzel. Denzel. And when they want to go to the movies, you know, they might want to see, you know, the preacher's wife, Denzel. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see training days, Denzel. And knowing that preacher wife and all those movies, that he was doing in the nineties. And then you come out in 2001 and be like, who is this? <laughs> you know, it, like, and he, ha- I don't even think he's done a character Well, he's done one other character in the movie. And, um, I love this movie, American gangster, but he's oh, still yeah, not, yeah. he's still not that harsh. Right. Like, and even in American gangster, he has a soft side where he's handing out turkeys and doing stuff for the community here. Alonzo is just, a badass motherfucker that doesn't care about <laughs> anyone but himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're not supposed to like that character. No, so. not at all. And <laughs> that's what's very compelling about Denzel Washington in this uh, performance is that, like you just said, you, you're so used to seeing him in a certain way, seeing him in these certain roles. Uh, you mentioned Preacher's Wife. You uh, talk about, uh, we've already talked about like movies like The Pelican Brief, a Philadelphia uh, yeah. You know, yeah. these kind of more feel good, you know, he's the good guy, helps the helps drive the story to a good ending type person. But mm-hmm. here he is, and he pulled out all the stops. It's like he went in oh, there and he's like, man. you know, what? if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this on my terms, my way, and I'm <laughs> yeah. going to give them a Denzel nobody has ever seen before. Ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why, why he won the Oscar. It. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't like the character Alonzo, but I can get behind this Denzel Washington. It was such, yeah, I mean, it, it was very refreshing to see that side of him, you know, after, uh, you know, especially just coming off the heels of watching a movie like Remember the Titans and stuff like that. Right. right. You know, here he is going from yeah. being inspirational to being shut the fuck up, you know, I just. <laughs> yeah. Pointing a gun at people's heads, saying "Smoke that!" Yeah. It's smoke that. Yes, yes. You, oh. It's such an amazing, amazing performance. So good for him on that one, honestly. Yeah, and yeah. it's a, it's a shame that some people just couldn't get behind that. And I really feel like we just kind of get stuck in these ideas, and it's it's an actor's worst nightmare to be typecast. But we typecast these people because we're oh, so yeah. used to seeing them in these things. Um, so mm-hmm. when they do something out of the norm, it's in either we love it or I hate it situation. There's really no in between. And unfortunately, I just yeah. don't think it resonated well with everybody. And that's very apparent from some of these reviews and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what saved him is winning that um, Oscar, you know. Absolutely. Um, you can't argue that. So, you know, if he wouldn't have won that or, or wasn't even nominated, you know, it, it's a great thing to be nominated. But if he didn't even get a nomination for that, we would prop, no one would be talking about training day. Nah, this movie I would think, have just it, fallen off the radar. Yeah. It would have fallen off the radar. So, um, yeah, this is awesome. And I, and we have to mention this. It's crazy that he only has two Oscars. 
I know he has a lot of nominations, but only two. Like there are so many great movies that kids of people's kids, kids will be watching as Denzel movies, like Remember the Titans, mm-hmm. Training Days, and uh, the John Cuse American, Q's, American like, the John Cuse, and uh, all those movies where you're like, those are classics, absolutely, and. You, you just have to, but it, you know, you, there's other reasons why I think he only has to, but I won't get too, I won't get too deep into that on this one. <laughs> we'll save that discussion for another time. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that one. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like this is a great segue to bring us into what our show really tries to capture here is how did Training Day impact your life or even influence your love of other movies if it did either or of those yeah i mean so it definitely i I really feel like this might be one of the first denzel movies that like i watched and was like oh i like i I like this bad guy like i i I love this um so it definitely impacted me to watch more of denzel and i think Something that Denzel does very well, and it might not be him, but now he's so famous, he might, you know, it's it's kind of like a a super team in the NBA. When you move somewhere, you get to call your people and try to get them to come with you and stuff like that to do movies. But it kind of opened me up to other actors and actresses. Um, He always has a good team around him. Mm -hmm. You know, when you watch any of these movies, you can easily talk about someone else the supporting role that was amazing in it and then you watch them and you follow their movie so even like eva right so yeah i can't remember she has a small part in training day um part of it is that she's has no clothes on so <laughs> yeah. that's, not a, that's not a bad thing but um she's pretty good and out of time as well which is another denzel movie uh, i can't remember which one came first i believe it's training day and then, I think you're right. uh, and you know, out of time is one that no one really talks about, but it's a really, it's a pretty good movie. Another cop movie, I believe, and kind of trying to this. I can't even remember the plot right now because I haven't seen it in <laughs> so long. But she was really good in that, so I kind of you know, I feel like Denzel might have been like, well, you know, I worked with Eva before. You know, she's trying to get in. Uh, let's cast her for this. Let's see how she does. Uh, she did well on that, so. It's I just love it so much that anytime I watch shows, I'm like, yo, that's the person from training day or like. It's just so fun, like. I don't know why I've never really been into movies, but quarantine has made me watch movies or shows and more, you know, cinema kind of things. And it's kind of fun finding out when you watch you're watching something, Mm -hmm. you're like, I know that person. Yeah, you can't put a finger on it. And you're just trying to think about it. Then you Google it, and you're like, "Oh, that person's from, you know, remember the Titans? That was the running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's like a real good enjoyment. And my my fiance, man, she knows everybody's names. <laughs> she knows all these actors' names, and I'm like, how do you know? Like, I can't keep it. I, I can't. Anyone else in well, Train Day has a lot of stars, but you give me a movie. Like a movie I love, Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. If you, I can tell you, Denzel Washington. I know everybody that's in the movie. I know a lot of people became real famous after that movie. 
And if I see them on TV, I'm like, yeah, that's the person from Remember Types. But you asked me to tell you their name, couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of similar. I'm generally good with names, but I, I'm always better with a face. Uh, I will remember a face till the day I die, but a name might escape me. So, like, I'll stare at these people and I'll be like, oh, I know that person. I've seen them here or I've seen them there. Um, case in point. I just did a talk on Cabin in the Woods on another Mm -hmm. show, uh, shout out Horror Movie Crew podcast, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the main characters in that movie has a small role here in Training Day, and I remember when he popped up, I'm like, hey, that stoner guy from Cabin in the Woods, (laughs) Franz Kranz is his name, because the the only reason I remember that Ah. is because it's such a crazy name. Yes, yeah, that that is a crazy name. How did they spell it? Is it? Spell the house house. Yeah, it's like a F R A N. I don't know if there's a Z or. Grand. Yeah. Oh, man. Look That's it up. Funny. I don't know. Look it up real quick. <laughs> nah, I didn't write it down. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. So you do, you tend to recognize those people. Uh, it's funny how that happens. Yeah, and you know, it's so. I mean, that's the really big thing that I think. You know, when you have that favorite favorite movie, you can kind of build on an app, you know, from there and you follow your favorite actor and then it kind of gets you into other movies. Um, but I love action movies. So any preview that comes on like Netflix now and they're like shooting or throwing grenades or whatever, I'm like, add to the list. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the one I did that with, which turned out pretty good, was what is it? Underdog 6. Uh, the Netflix movie, I believe, pretty good, you know, and it has some pretty big stars in there. Of course, I can't tell you any of the names, but is that the one with Ryan Reynolds? Yes. See, there you go. Okay, <laughs> I believe it is Ryan Reynolds. I saw a preview for it. I hadn't watched it yet. It did look good. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, I'm becoming a little bit more of a movie buff here. You know, you're getting there. I'm getting there, you know. It's, it's the process. There, there's a lot out there, man. There's a lot out there. So I'm just trying to get into it a little bit more because it is fun. And, you know, I've never, you know, walked out of a movie, but I've definitely fallen asleep during some movies. So uh, I understand. I've fallen asleep many movies, but I have wa- I've walked out of two movies in my entire life um, at the theater. One of them was a, a Wes Craven film. I can't. I think it was They. They. Yeah. I walked out of that one, and I actually walked out on another one of this particular director's movies. Wow. I walked really? out Which of one? King Arthur. Ooh. Actually, yeah, I remember you mentioned that on another pod. Yeah. I did not see the King Arthur. Yeah. I did not see that. Not a, it was not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> had so much potential, and I, it, I don't think it hit the mark. Uh, but, uh. I'm glad that, uh, um, well, I always say I'm glad about 2020. I'm not happy about the events of 2020, but I'm glad that is 2020 has inspired people to become a little bit more creative or do things that they normally wouldn't do. So for like you, you're, uh, you're starting to enjoy movies a little bit more and stuff like that. Your fiance yeah. plays a big role in that. God bless her. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, she's awesome. She's already aces in my book. But uh, here we go. You know, I'm glad that you've, uh, it's 
kind of, it has kind of impacted your life in a way. And just a good launching point is being a Denzel fan and liking those movies. So you know you like these types of movies. You know that you like these types of actors and acting. You can expand on that a little bit more. It's a it's it's a smaller circle, but it is an expanded circle. For sure. I mean, it, it started there and uh, it definitely keeps me um, it, it keeps me going. You know, I, f- I found the kind of niche, the niche that I like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was lucky that it was a Denzel because, you know, I'm, <laughs> you can't tell I'm like a Denzel lover. I, if, if, if you know him, you know, tell him to holler at me. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. me up. Um, but, yeah, no, for uh, all jokes aside, definitely. It, it impacted me to watch movies, more action movies, and kind of get into that like mystery police kind of figure the crime out kind of things. And I kind of even roll that into my TV show, but I won't bore you with what my favorite TV show is. I get laughed at it all the time. So, oh, I'm actually kind of interested, but we'll we can save that for an offline discussion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, as far as my answer to that critical question of impact or influence, I can't say it's really impacted my life in any way, shape, or form. Um, this movie's not one of my favorites. I, I find it flawed in a lot of different ways. Uh, again, I enjoy the performance from Denzel. Um, heck, I even enjoyed Ethan Hawke's performance, and I'm not usually a huge yeah. fan of what he does either. Um but I, I will say it has influenced me to change my views on Denzel movies in particular. So in the past, I've sit there and said mm-hmm. I've never liked it. I've never really liked Denzel movies, and I always blamed him for that. Well, I started going back and really thinking about this because I, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy his performance in this movie, whether I like this movie or not. It's like, well, I like, I like his performance in this. I like his performance in that. I like his. Oh, I'm. It's not him. I actually dislike. <laughs> I'm just not getting behind his movies. He does mm-hmm. a great job in almost every, except for Man on Fire. I, I still, I will give it a try, <laughs> but I, I couldn't get behind his performance in that one. But um, I, I do. I like him as an actor. I like his performances and stuff like that. I just, I think the problem, my problem, has always been his movie. So it's influenced me to go and reevaluate these Denzel Washington uh, movies that he's in and do I dislike these movies because of him or do I just like these movies because of the movie itself and I really feel like it's more because of the movie itself and not him he's doing a good job yeah yeah and you know now he's at the point the movie's choice that he's doing now is a little interesting I kind of don't understand it but he's at the point now where he just does what he wants to do Um, so you know, I think they're okay. The new, like, Equalizer. Uh, what's the other one he did with Mark Warburg? Marky Mark. Um, Marky Mark. I think, he, oh, man. It'll come to me eventually. Uh, but, you know, it's like, it's cop movies. Mm-hmm. It's like thrillers a little bit. Sometimes he tries to throw in comedy in there. Where you know that's not really his thing, so yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of interesting what like he's trying to do, and it's like okay, okay, you know. But you know, I still watch him, I still love him, just because you. Know, I mean, like Eagleizer, man, he's just a bad motherfucker in that joint. Just this old man walking down the street, being like, "Nah, you are not going to mistreat that grocery checkout person," and just whooping ass for no reason. It's awesome. It's great. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw I saw Equalizer, and uh, there's a sequel out too, isn't there? Yes, yeah, uh, Equalizer two, yeah. which is also the Equalizer. Uh, um, I guess it's not a trilogy yet, but but is also directed by the same person of Training Day, so it's um, uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, directors yeah, like to work uh, with actors, and actors like to work with directors <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. It, it, it's okay. I mean, again, it's kind of like, I think the word I'm looking for is some of his movies now are a little bit corny where you're like, eh, I could do without, but you know, it's good as action and has a, you know, all his movies usually have a story, so it works. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but it's like, it's like you already <laughs> said though, he's kind of reached that point in his career. He can basically do whatever the heck he wants to do. He can do it. And nobody's going to tell him man. differently. <laughs> You know, well, you know, it's funny. Is a funny thing is, um, I believe uh, Denzel came out. I don't know, maybe five, ten years ago, where he said that he did not do a movie that his son didn't okay, where his son would have to be the one that talks to these directors or, pro- or producers and fill those calls, and his son would bring him the ones that he would pick. And I believe he started doing that back in like. 2010 with the book of Eli. Interesting. Which you know, his, you know, his son is now yes. an actor as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm very much looking a forward to being able too. to sit down and watch him in Tenet when that comes out. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing a, I've been hearing a lot of a lot of people talking about that. Um, right now, you know, I just know him from Ballers. Yeah. And I believe he was in a movie recently, but I know him from Ballers, so I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because I like him. He's a good actor as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of actors, let's dive into the cast list here of this movie uh, and kind of go through all the people that we see here. So, obviously, we know Denzel Washington's in this movie and the character of Alonzo. You got Ethan Hawke playing Jake. So, Ethan is trying to break into uh, the narcotics division. He's... He's looking, he's looking to become the rising star. He's looking for his way into moving up in the police world. And doing it in a special division such as narcotics is definitely a way to go. Uh, well, little did he know for the day he was going to be in for. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Scott Glenn playing the role of Roger. Now, this is a, this is a shady motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Scott Glenn. I've always enjoyed him in all the movies he's done. And this is just one of those great movies. I love the back and forth between him and Denzel in this movie. I think they've just got some it great is, uh, great chemistry going on there. It's it's awesome. And, and, and then, you know, because you don't really know who he is. When he first shows up, you know, when they first go to the house, yeah. his house, Roger's house, um, you don't you kind of you're like is this an old police officer like was he used to be in the unit he kind of knows a little stuff and you know he denzel's character alonzo says some same things that roger says so you're just like i don't know where this is going yet mm-hmm. and then of course they come back the second time yeah and that's when all the hell breaks loose but it was definitely a good interaction and how they were hard on um, Jake on the first time there when Jake was high as hell. I mean, just looking at Jake sitting on that couch and you could just be like, man, I don't know. I, like, that's a great acting right there. He looks like he's on PCP and alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just looks fucked up. Like, 
<laughs> you felt for him. I felt so bad for him yeah. throughout the whole movie. I was just like, he is being put through the ringer here. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, where I feel like the movie was going. And when you rewatch it a couple of times, you realize some things. And yeah, uh, poor Jake. <laughs> <laughs> poor Jake. Uh, poor Jake. Um, and then some other people that you got throughout the movie. Uh, so we're talking earlier, you got some names in this movie that, uh, you know, yeah. they pop up. They might be in just smaller roles, but they're there. You've got Dr. Dre in there. You got Snoop Dogg. Yeah. You have Macy Gray at, I guess that was the height of her. Um, yeah. yeah. Her time. Uh, you got Eva Mendez. Uh, so this was uh, very early in Eva Mendez's career. Uh, I made a little footnote here that she actually spelled her name with a Z at the end instead of the S that we see now. Oh, uh, you. Oh, yeah. See, as Eva. Yeah. Damn. All right. Eva Mendez. You're right about that. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, she had changed her name as uh, her career progressed. Just just the one letter. But uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. But then you've also gotten faces so there we go talking about faces again that you would Mm -hmm. recognize but you may not really know the names too so for example Mm. here uh cliff curtis playing the role of smiley yeah like i've seen that guy's face everywhere but (laughs) yeah would i've ever been able to tell you his name is cliff curtis hell no right right yeah um yeah and then you have sniper uh, Raymond yeah, Cruz. Raymond Cruz. Uh, yeah, I didn't know his yeah. name, but he pops up in everything. Yeah. He pops up in everything. Uh, the guy who played Tim, Nick Chinland. You know, he pops yeah. up in a lot of different yeah, movies, yeah. Uh, especially yeah. these cop gangster type movies. But I never. Yeah. These are names I just I never knew, and it's really kind of cool. To, when I was sitting here going through all this, like, oh, now I can finally put a name to the face. <laughs> okay. Oh, and to answer the question about Fran Kranz, it. Is F R A N? That's his first name, and the last name is K R A N Z. Fran Kranz. Wow. He played the college Fran? driver. The, the college. That scene is hilarious. That scene is great. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got some like Super Trooper vibes going on there. I was always yes, littering and littering and <sighs> smoking the reefer. <laughs> oh man, that was that was good. Um, yeah, that's when it started going. A little down. That's where everything was going downhill from Jake. Jake didn't know what he was getting into. And then that's where the day. And, and this is the crazy thing about this movie, too. When you watch it, mm-hmm. I know I'm going a little off. Go, go, here, go, so go. Aggressive. Um, when you watch the movie, and you should understand this from the name of the movie, it is Training Day. Mm-hmm. All of this is one day, and I believe it is written as 12-hour day. <clears throat> a long-ass 12 hours. That's a long 12 hours, right? I believe the movie, the, what, the running time is like almost two hours, right? I believe. Uh, something um, like that, yeah. I've worked doubles yeah, that were shorter than that 12-hour day, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's um, when it's, that's why I feel bad for Jake. When you're like, oh, all of this is one day that's a struggle because you never know sometimes these movies they don't really throw the the day in there for you they you never know really when it really changes mm-hmm. um so going back and rewatching it i was like man 
that's a long day for that poor guy and Alonzo too, because Alonzo is in some deep shit, and I'm pretty sure we'll talk about that a little bit too. So. Yeah, you know, that's something else I had to kind of remember going through the whole story. It's like he's putting Jake through the ringer here throughout the whole day and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But you got to think about not trying to sympathize with our bad guy here, but he is going through a stressful ass day. He is wanted by the Russians. Mm-hmm. By the Russians. And not just any Russians. Dollars. These are these these are hardcore. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna fucking kill you, Russians. And as soon as you get the chance, if you are one second late, it's too late. I don't care if you have the money; you're already gone. So these are these are bad guys. So he's got he's got all this going through his head, but yet he still finds the time to sit there and fuck with Jake. So you know you you gotta you gotta give him props. You gotta give oh, him props. Man. And, you know, when you talk about, and we're going to mention this a little bit later, so just tell me to pause if I need to, but you talk about where the movie could change. That's something that would have been nice to be in the movie um, is maybe the scene of why, what, what, uh, didn't, um, what he Alonzo did. was in trouble. For. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What, what happened in you, Vegas? You know, what happened in Vegas? Like Smiley, you hear, you know, Smiley tells Jake in um, Smiley's house, but, um, that's it. Like, you're just like, oh, he beat someone up? No, no, no. There's got to be more to it than that. I'm sorry. There's got to be more to that, right? Yeah, you for you sure. You so. read my mind, Adam. That is literally the first thing that is listed on my category for that yes. is I want to know more about that backstory, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what's pretty funny? So, I, as reading, preparing for this show, I saw something that, you know, like every good movie that comes out, someone wants to do a remake mm-hmm. or a prequel or something so i heard that it was proposed in like 2017 to do a prequel where you you would see alonzo's um beginning of his career in the police department um right after the rodney king beating so i don't know if that's still floating around out there i don't think it got picked up but warner brothers was trying to do that i could be down for that i could i could see if i think it would give me a better appreciation maybe for the story here um well, let's do a casting what if here. Who would play young Alonzo? I already have my idea in mind. Just the moment Ooh. you said it. Man. A younger Alonzo. So I, I guess it depends. Not his son. How he. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Not his son. But I guess it's kind of like, where does it start? So, you know, are they going to start him as a rookie? And, you know, usually you're a rookie, you're like 18. So I'm trying to be like, who can get away with being an 18, 19, 20 year old? Let, let, let's go a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper. Than that let's say he's already been established on the police force and stuff like that, and maybe we're starting to witness his turn into corruption and stuff like that. So he's already established. Okay. Okay. I might with my fiance is going to love this answer. I might go with Michael B. Yes. That's exactly who I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Michael B. Jordan yes. would be perfect yes. for that. Yes. I think he would do a good job. He's a hell of a yes, actor, he man. is Killmonger. Oh man, another another lady lover. You know, all the ladies love him. There, you know, I, I tweeted out the other day. Um, he's supposedly dating someone, and a lot of the a lot of people on Twitter, all the females, were not happy. <laughs> like, and, like they lost their shot or something. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh man. I told my my fiance I was like, babe, babe, guess what? I was like, what? Like, shit, did I forget to put the seat down on the toilet? What's wrong, babe? What, what, what's, like, 
Michael B. Jordan is dating, I believe, is Steve Harvey's daughter. I'm like, good for him. Yeah, that's dope. That's awesome. <laughs> but supposedly she uh, is known for dating some famous rappers and I believe like Future. And she's had like four different guys. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if it works. Supposedly she's young. I'm like, man. You know, when you're famous, age does not matter. Uh, I don't believe age okay. matters anyways, no, but no. when you're famous, it definitely doesn't matter. <laughs> and how cool would it be to have Steve Harvey as a father-in-law? Just saying. I'm just saying. That'd be yeah, awesome. for sure. Uh, All right, so who do you have playing Ethan Hawke, though? Who do you have playing Jake? Ooh. If Jake is like, if Jake ever shows up in like the later part of the movie, where a lot like, you know, the ending of the movie where, you know, I don't know, they meet or something. Who plays Jake? If we had to throw a Jake in there, oh goodness, I guess it would have to be somebody slightly younger than Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah, I, I really don't know. know these younger actors all that well anymore. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I, I don't know either. I, I think I asked a question that I didn't have an answer for. So I Miles think Teller, I, I think one. he's the same age as Michael B. But maybe Miles Teller, he's got a young face. He can get yeah. away with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, movies. Yeah, Miracle of Hollywood. You get away with it. Yeah, you get away with it. I'm going to play the Ethan Hawke character in this movie. Okay, guys? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be actually quite funny. Uh, I do have a couple yes. of uncredited uh, to mention here. So the first uncredited person I want to talk about is a Russian hitman who goes by the name of David Ayer. He's a big name in Hollywood. Ooh. He directed movies such as Fury. Okay. Suicide Squad. Okay, I've heard I've not seen that. Oh, seriously. I've I've watched that one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen Fury? Yeah. I have not. Oh, have that's not. a good one. Brad Pitt. It's uh it's a war movie. Oh. You'll like it. Okay. Oh, yep. See again, action. Yep. As soon as you said war movie, there we go. There okay, are some I'm parts that it's slow, but it's a good 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 movie. Um, and then, of course, we talked about it earlier, Terry Crews. He is uncredited yes. in this movie. But, I mean, come on. That's a great performance from Terry there. Yes, man. Uh, you know, um, what do they call it? Uh, flipping the Pigeons. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, I don't even think, does he talk in the movie? I don't think he says anything. I think he just stands there and looks intimidating. Think, yeah. And that's that's literally his role. They're like... You stand here, take off your shirt, and look intimidating. Great, great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, that's pretty funny. And, you know, doing some research, this movie was one of the first times that a movie got able, like, were to able to shoot scenes in the actual neighborhoods. Um, so they go into this famous neighborhood that's known for gang violence. Um it's slipping my mind right now. Yeah. So, but but they're in the actual neighborhood that's like known for Crips. Then they go to another one that's known for the Bloods, and they actually have extras that are, that are actual gang, members. gang members. Oh wow! <laughs> like, um, they're like they were so excited to be a part, and they invited them in, and it was just like a, it was the first time a permit, and probably a, I'm, uh, I won't say only, but one of the first times that a permit was um, approved and approved by the neighborhood in the actual game neighborhood. So where Alfonso's, uh, I guess, girlfriend, I don't know if they're knowing him, it's probably not his wife. Oh, yeah. I think they <laughs> I think they alluded to the fact that she was the mistress. Yes. Yeah. So um, 
where she lived, there was an actual gang neighborhood. So you got some actual gang members as extras in there. It's pretty cool. I like that. I did not know that. And that really gives a lot more weight to the lines. Like, don't you ever come to this neighborhood without me? Mm-hmm. Because I, mm-hmm. they will they will shoot you down. Or I forget exactly what he says, but oh my gosh. that Yeah. That's pretty awesome that they could, A, get the cooperation of those uh, people to do that. And B, yeah. Shoot on shoot on location like that, so that just makes being on the streets of LA feeling a little bit more real. Right, right. Because I wanted to know did they actually shoot in LA, which is usually pop. Like for the most part, when movies are in LA, they usually shoot in LA. Like yeah. if you, it, you, it's not like DC where you have like you have to fake it. You know what I mean? Sometimes, mm. so it's easy to get por- permits out there. So I was just, I was just wanting to check that, and then I was like, oh, they actually were in these neighborhoods, and you know, in Crenshaw and Compton and stuff like. that. So it's pretty cool. That is awesome. Uh, did you have any other actors or anything that I did not list off that you wanted to make mention of? So you mentioned her, Macy Gray. Macy, I just want to talk her her part in this movie again. It's like you know three minutes, but I think it's perfect. I think it's a perfect to understand what that character is supposed to be. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It's a wife of a known drug dealer. Uh, they actually got the tip from Snoop Dogg. The Sandman. Um, the Sandman. Um, but, you know, it's it feeds to the corruption, right? Like, he knew going in here, they they did a fake warrant. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I don't know what it was, but it was like an Ikea advertisement or whatever. It probably wasn't <laughs> Ikea, but, you know. You know, what just some paper he found in his trunk. Yes, it was a Chinese yeah, takeout menu. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, they just bust into this lady's house, and she's like, "Y'all some dirty motherfuckers." And she's <laughs> smart though, right? She, yeah, she you is. know, a lot of people are like, oh, "Oh, you live in the hood, you don't know what's really going on." She automatically is like, "Where's y'all backup? Ain't no one serving no warrant with just two cops." So y'all doing some shady shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And her character and her yelling and, and um, it was just it, it was perfect. And I think she was per- like. For such a small part, I feel like the casting crew, the casting director, got that spot on. And I think it adds a little bit to the movie. Like, oh, you know, that that's a part that you could just, you think you could just throw anyone in there. You don't have to get Macy Gray. You know what I mean? You could get anybody. But she was perfect for it. I can agree with that. I definitely, definitely agree with that. She, she was gritty enough without being too gritty. Um, she... Kind of really fell into the role. You kind of lost sight of the fact that she was Macy Gray. So when it, before I went to go right, watch this right. movie, I kind of went and scanned through the cast list real quick. And when I saw her name pop up, I'm like Macy Gray. Uh, so I started thinking about other movies that I know of that she's been in. And the only other one I could think of was uh, Scary Movie Three at the end. Do you remember? Have you ever seen Scary Movie Three? Oh. Yeah, it was a long, long time, time ago. ago. It's right at the end of the movie where all the rappers and everybody show up to do a shootout with the aliens, and then they all yeah. do yeah, a shootout yeah. with each other instead. And <laughs> yeah. that's a that's like the only movie I ever remember Macy Gray in. So I was just like, what role is she going to be playing wow. in this? And then when she came on screen, I, it didn't really register immediately that I was watching Macy Gray until she started talking. I'm like. I know that voice. Oh, mm-hmm. I know that voice. Okay, and then yes. it clicks. It's Macy yeah. Gray. So exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean that voice is one of those you just you just recognize. Um, 
as soon as you hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other fun thing that you know people might want to look up is uh, Samantha, Samantha Esteban. Mm-hmm. I believe she played the uh, cousin of Smiley. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you know, her name was Letty. Very again, very small scene, um, but ended up being a very big part for Jake. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so she played Letty on two different sh- movies. And I believe it was cast by, um, I believe it was Harsh Times. Her name was also Letty. So she was Letty in two movies in about a four year span. Oh, that is interesting. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> yeah. So Harsh Times, I believe it came out in 2005. So she was also Letty on that as well. I haven't seen it. And it looks like it only got 6.9 stars. So <laughs> on IMDb. Yeah, I went to pull her up real quick because now you got me interested. She was born here in North Carolina. Ooh, North Carolina native. Oh, and uh, oh, she was in From Dusk to Dawn. And she was in. Oh, uh, yeah. She was in the Saved by the Bell, the new class series oh, too i do see that wow what are some of your favorite scenes or sequences uh throughout this film what really uh resonates with you man how, yeah how much time do i have <laughs> <laughs> um, can you narrow it down for me all right so i'm gonna give you mm, so i'm gonna give you two scenes and okay I'm going to the first scene that I'm going to give you happens pretty early on in the movie. Okay. And this is where Jake messed up. Okay. Um, but again, he didn't know what he was getting really getting into for, to, for that day. Right. Yeah. But after they bust the college kids picking up some, I believe they call it a crap reefer. I believe that's what they said on the show, um, yeah. on the movies. Um, he, Alonzo forces Jake to take it, uh, to smoke it. Um, and Jake, not knowing it was laced with PCP and all of this stuff, um, that's where Alonzo knew that he won. Like he got Jake. He can do whatever he wanted with Jake at that point. Um, and it kind of turns the movie. And as, as you watch the movie, Alonzo, Denzel's character, mm-hmm. always refers back to it as, well, you can't leave now. They're going to drug test you. And I, I run that. I, I can make that <laughs> if I want to, but you, you got to do what I say because you got that PCP in your brother. There's nothing you can do. So that was a scene that is great, it's powerful, and it shows you early on who Denzel is alfonso is this bad guy like when he shows up to the diner the second scene of the movie you kind of already like "Eh, i'm a little iffy on denzel right like he's a little yeah he's a little strong and when he's messing messing with jake like the best story that you have is a dui stop and you've been riding around that fine b for two years that's the best story you can have yeah, <laughs> I was like, you're you're kind of like, all right, why are you talking about a female like that? Like, they can just be partners and just work together, and they don't have to sleep together. You know what I mean? Like, you're going through all that. Like, okay, you're kind of not a cool guy. And then the next scene after that, he points a gun at him, and makes him, or not the next scene, but the cl- 
close next scene is like, yeah, you're going to smoke this and put a gun to his head. Like, well, if you ain't going to smoke it, get the fuck out the car. <laughs> you know, that turns the whole thing like, OK, Denzel is about craziness. <laughs> <laughs> He's about craziness. But the second scene is probably it's definitely the climax of the movie, I would say. It's the turning point, and it's kind of towards the end of the movie, is when Jake is at Smiley's house. And Denzel brings him there. And I believe he just believes that Alfonso owes him some, you know, the family some money because someone's in jail or something. I can't remember the story that uh, Alonzo gave him. And they're there playing poker. Mm-hmm. Five card draw, and Alonzo goes. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm going to the bathroom. Alonzo ends up leaving. <laughs> the money was actually to kill Jake, and Smiley, Sniper, and what's the other guy's name in there? I don't know if they say it. Do they say that guy's name? Oh, oh, crap, crap, crap! But the other oh. gang member there, um, take him into the bathroom, about to kill him. And the other guy's name that we can't think about was like, oh, let me get his money. And then they find out that Jake had the wallet of Smiley's cousin uh, cousin that we mentioned before, Letty, um, because Mm -hmm. they saved her earlier in the movie from um, being raped in the, you know, in the uh, alleyway. And that saved his life. I mean, that is the movie like. Because Jake is the character you're supposed to love, right? Because you know Alfonso's a bad guy. Jake is he's a good guy that's done a couple bad things in the movie, but you know his heart is still in the right place when he's like, I don't want the money. And that's why Alonzo wanted to kill him. But to know that what he did to save this girl ends up later in the movie saying saving his life is the perfect scene. I, I agree. I love the way they brought that back around full oh, circle. Oh, man. Uh, because, you know, while the while that scene where he jumps out of the car and he goes and prevents this rape from happening, uh, you know, it's a it's a cool little scene to watch, one, knowing he's fucked up. And just right. like, he's yeah. still high and everything. High. He just got yeah. done drinking. <laughs> and here he is just kind of going and trying to take charge of the situation and stuff like that. You almost considered it a throwaway scene. So, uh, you know, once it was over, it's like, okay, we don't have to revisit this anymore. (laughs) And then it comes back around and it, that was just so beautifully done. I actually sat there that's listed as one of my scenes. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, because I, I love that whole sequence. And then he comes to the realization that he saved his niece from something awful I mean, yeah. they're in the business of awful, and here he is finally. It's like, oh, okay, thank you for saving her from some awful people doing awful things to her. I'm just like, oh, aren't you in the business of doing awful things to other people? Right. But uh, <laughs> um, it saved his life. But then I, that was also Jake's turning point. Yeah. So what we're not just talking about the turning point in in Jake's arc to where we now know he gets to live. He has finally made his decision on who oh. Alonzo is and yep. what he's about to do yeah. to him. It's not one of those things he's going to walk away. He could very easily, yeah. being in the position that he is, yeah. still alive. He could have easily gone to his superiors. He could have easily gone to IA, yeah. anybody there, and been like, this is what I know. 
I will be happy to give you all the evidence, all everything, put these people down. He decides to go after Alonzo, and that that could not have happened without that revelation oh, of no. the Smiley and his gang members. Yeah. Um, Moreno is the uh, other name. Ah, uh, okay. Right. Moreno. Moreno. I went and looked Moreno. it up real quick. Beautiful. Moreno and Sniper and Smiley. It, he could not have come to that realization if they had not told um, him who Alonzo was and the mm-hmm. kind of uh, operation he ran even though he had the idea and the reason, and I, I like that too, because the reason they told kind of gave away who Alonzo was is because they intended on killing him. Yeah. Yeah. They it's do. like, it's one of those things where like <laughs> the bad guys always go into a monologue before they kill somebody. Yeah. And then that person's up escaping. That's exactly it. They gave yeah. away Alonzo's cards. They, his hand, yeah. his poker hand, let's use that analogy. They gave it away and then let him live. So he knew exactly what he needed to do afterwards yeah and the uh i mean that's towards the end of my i'll say it's probably 20 maybe 30 minutes later that the next 20 30 minutes is awesome you're like yes team jake let's go jake (laughs) (laughs) jake now is your time to shine yes again Uh, a long day that's a long it is a what a motherfucking day (laughs) um uh, I, I I do like that whole like ending uh, the shootout. I have some issues with the shootout. Um, you know, let's hide the kid in the closet. He won't get hurt in a shootout. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the whole shootout and everything. And then I just I love I love Denzel breaking down out there on the streets, surrounded by everybody, uh, in the neighborhood because you you can see him losing grip on yep. the control that he yep. had over these people, and it, he fell. He hit. Mm-hmm bottom and he fell rock bottom and watching him come to that realization but still trying to play it off that he has that upper hand Mm -hmm. that right there is what earned denzel the oscar is that whole part right there that whole part and i know we're going to talk about favorite lines of the movie so i won't get into (laughs) that right now but yes the he he was running these neighborhoods basically like I can put you, I can do whatever you want. I can do whatever I want. I have free yeah. range. You've seen what I've done. I control the biggest, you know, drug dealers. I put them away when I want to. And I still mm-hmm. feel like I'm this bad motherfucker. <laughs> as soon as someone, AKA Jake got an upper hand, they like, nah, bro, you got to defend for yourself. Like we we been eating now it's time to you to eat like we ain't feeding you no more so it was uh it was great and once he realized that he was like he was he flips out he just flips yeah. <laughs> and that's what people in power when they lose yeah. their power typically yeah. do they're grasping at straws they're grasping at anything they can to retain yeah. any semblance of power they do what they they do what they have to do and i really love that part too that he starts offering money to them he is like i will the first person to put a bullet in this guy's, I'll make you a yes. rich person. Make, yes. Nobody was going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. No, they're like, look, bro, you got to, again, I mean, when you think about it, Jake is an officer, right? So you're asking some gang member that you disrespect all the time, hey, I want you to shoot this officer because I, mm-hmm. I think he was shot in the ass already. He was already point. shot in the ass at that yeah. point. Yeah. Jake, you shot me in the ass, Jake. <laughs> um but 
so you know he's like oh shit like i can't do nothing i need someone to i need someone to take care of this for me and um yeah so he you know he lost it there but you know hey when you do business with bad people your day is going to come i don't care who you are what you're doing if you're doing some shady shit i don't care if it's from you know you're doing shady shit from whatever job you're doing it's going to come back around so his day (laughs) karma it's a real thing yeah yeah karma's a bitch (laughs) um I love those. I love those scenes and sequences that you talked about there. Uh, I want to offer up a few uh, yeah. of my own here, and um, I'm going to say my inspiration for choosing these scenes are because I love scenes that are dialogue heavy. Okay, um, which is why I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan because yeah, all his yes. scripts are always dialogue heavy. I mean, great with the violence and stuff yeah. like that, but yeah. dialogue out the you know what. So the very first one I want to talk about is that diner scene where we meet Alonzo <laughs> for the very first time. I love that because I, being former military, being in the Navy, mm. I have met people above me my supervisors you know first classes and chiefs and stuff like that who i'm not going to say are the same exact way but have pulled shit like that on me where they're just like oh yo you you done messed up now so you're not going to do this or you're going to do this or you're going to tell me so i actually had when i checked into my uh third school no second no third school up in virginia beach um the the first class uh, who I had to report to at that time, he he was like, "Tell me, uh, tell me about yourself," and I'm like, "Okay," and I uh, told the story, but I was like, "All right," and then he started questioning things about my story and stuff like that. Uh, not very similar to this whole diner scene in itself, but then he kept he kept being like, he kept being a dick about things and stuff <laughs> like that. So you know, and that's just people who. Um, I can say this because I don't have any contact with him. As far as I know, he doesn't listen to the show. People with huge egos do shit like this. And so here you have Denzel Washington's character. He's fucking with Jake. It's one of those kind of... At the time, you just really kind of write it off as more like a hazing type thing. It's his first day in a new division and stuff like that. The guys just give him a hard time. And if you can't roll with it, then this is the time to realize, can you hang or do you need to go? Right, exactly. But I love that whole thing because he's talking about the newspaper. And I, I actually have it written down. As one of my favorite lines uh, and stuff like that. So it that whole scene just makes me laugh because I can sit back and think about similar things that have happened to me uh, and kind of related to those. And then the other scene I like is the scene in the restaurant with the three wise men. Ah, that's a, yeah, 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 yeah. That's where you truly understand mm-hmm. the corruption. And it doesn't just happen How on deep a it simple goes. level. Yeah. It goes deep. <laughs> yeah. You're talking politics. You are talking yeah. so, so many people. And then they kept, you know, talking about the Russians and stuff like that. And you still want to continue to know more about the story and stuff. And he's all Denzel's like, I got this. I got mm-hmm. it. It's handled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're telling him to run. They're telling him to yeah. hit the streets and go. Yeah. Basically. But, uh, but uh, I, I really like that because I like the whole interaction between them because they all hate each other. You can visibly no, see they uh, hate each other. <laughs> but, they, you know, they're just being cordial and they're throwing jabs at each other and it's humorous. And uh, then you you got Jake who's just told to sit in the back and right. he's, just, <laughs> he's observing all of this. And it's like, what? 
what the heck is going on? It's a lot to process, and it's such a great scene. And I, I, it's one of those scenes where I like to say that actors get to chew the scenery a lot. Mm-hmm. Denzel was really chewing it throughout this whole yeah. film. But you got to also appreciate Ethan Hawke as well during this whole scene. He's a background character at this point, yeah. but he is pulling focus very easily, and he's oh, yeah. definitely chewing it. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, it's... Again, it's just crazy. And just like the little things that I, the reason why I like these movies you pick up is like, you know, the lingo that they're using is like, mm-hmm. they, they're they not incriminating themselves. No. They never they're mentioned, very specific about how they talk. Very specific how they talk. And they never mentioned that money was exchanging hands. All Denzel said was, who's driving today? The other yep. person says me, the silver Mercedes, I believe. And, and that was it. Like that, Alonzo knew. And it was like, "Thank you, sandbag." <laughs> Put the money in the uh, judges. Uh, the judge signed the warrant. And I'm like, "Yeah, like that." Just shows you that they've been doing this a long time. And I think again, you know, going back to that, this was kind of what was we're witnessing in the narcotic and real the real world in LA. Um, it's kind of like we wanted. They had to put that scene in there to let you know, like. It's not just the person knocking on the door, or running and gunning. Like it's it's the whole system. So that that was a real important scene that could also be overlooked sometimes too. I think it also goes to prove the point that it's hard to be corrupt when you're doing it by yourself. It takes oh, yeah. a team of people to carry out and maintain corruption. But at the same time, any one of those, any one of the cogs in that wheel can go rogue on you, and yeah. the rest of the wheel is just fucked. It's a, so it's a crazy it's, it's game. a very crazy game, and it's a game game I don't want to play. It's why I I I would never go into politics. Ever. No, never, never. Um, <laughs> talking about the diner scene a little bit. Um, hope this isn't your favorite line, but. When he asks, when the waitress comes over and says, are you hungry? He's like, ah, Jake goes, no, I'm good. Alonzo goes, you need to eat. You got to fill up before we get to the office. And Jake's like, okay, I'll take. He's like, no, the fuck you won't. You ruined that. You ain't eating nothing <laughs> yeah. now. It's like, what do you want this guy to do, man? You just you just told the man to eat. <laughs> but again, you know, it's like it's just a hazing thing, kind of right off until you know the next scene where he's pointing the gun at him, like I mentioned. So it's just so funny. It's a great movie, man. <laughs> it, it, it it is good dialogue. I I have to give them that. They they wrote some really good lines and the delivery on these lines as well. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier about how Denzel doesn't really do comedy very well. Well, he can do comedy as long as it's delivered properly. It's not yeah. deliberate comedy. It's one of those deadpan co- uh, comedic things. It, it's situational comedy yeah, where exactly. what he's saying is funny only because of what's happening. Right. It's not right, actually right. outwardly funny. Exactly. That is well put. Yes. Uh, any other scenes you want to make mention of before we talk about some of these great lines? No, I think, um, you know, the kind of mentioned him. I mean, Jake going in the house and how dangerous that was. That was pretty crazy. But I think we hit on all the like major ones that I think make this movie. I don't think I'm missing any 
I'm like, oh, that has to be in there. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I think I got one. Okay. Uh, I wrote it down, but then I kind of did like a little scratch next to it because I'm like, maybe I'll talk about it, maybe I won't. But while I'm here, I'll go ahead and mention it. So in the car where he's being coerced to doing these drugs and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. I want to talk about before that. I I really like the whole conversation. So he had just about how when he's rejecting doing the drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's that scene. Correct me if I'm getting um getting a little ahead of myself or behind here. It's that scene where he tells him like if you do something like that out in the streets, yes. that's going to get you killed. That's going to get you killed. Saying yes. no or you know, the way he was rejecting the offer to do drugs and stuff like that, it's like that will get you killed. Yeah. No, so that is I believe that scene where he's like pointing the gun and everything. And mm-hmm. you bring up with you saying that made me bring up the scene because he kind of does the same thing again to him. And this is kind of what I wanted to talk about kind of towards to the end, but it's like, okay. Denzel was hustling him from the moment he walked into the, the diner. Yeah. So the scene right after they killed Roger mm-hmm. and they said that Jake shot him, Jake, you know, Jake's like, no, I didn't do them. I'm not taking money. I didn't shoot him. They fight that out. You got Denzel walks to the car and calls Smiley and says, make sure the bathtub is clean. Then he goes into the car and kind of calms Jake down. Like, hey, man, you're the best cop I've ever seen, man. You can take my job over, Jake. I understand that, you know, that this is hard for you. And I understand that you're a good guy. And that's why I believe in you. Those other guys are trash. They can't do what I, <laughs> they can't do what you can do. And it's like he's talking him up and like, man, you're going to be great. Don't worry about it. Knowing that he just called and it set set up to kill him. Kill him. I'm like, that's a scene where you're like, you miss it. And then on your rewatches, you were like, that's fucked. Like he's been planning this because he's known this whole time that he was going to die today. So he knew that he needed to get a training. He knew that he was going to bust Roger. He knew all of this already, but he needed a fall guy. And Jake was the fall guy as soon as he walked into the diner. And that's why he made him smoke that shit so he can get everything over him. So when you look at it like that, you're like, damn. Wow. I, you know, I, I honestly <laughs> have to say, I never really thought of it that way, but yes, yeah. you're right. This is all, this is a setup movie. It's a set. Alonzo knew the whole day. He's playing he had, all of us. He's playing. He played everybody. He knew that he had to pay those Russians, and that he needed a new rookie because yep. his team didn't even know who he was. It was like, hold on, we're interning someone today. He probably just called up, was like, hey, I need a rookie today. Got someone off the division the next day. Oh, here's your chance. He's in the whole time. Alonzo knew this is going to be my fall guy. And that, that is crazy. Is insane when you see it. When you like now, you got to rewatch it and be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he set, it, he set him up for the whole damn day. <laughs> you just inspired a rewatch. That's awesome. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Wow. Man. So um, I actually heard that from a different source, um, and I was like, "No." And then when I heard him call Smiley and say, "Clean the tub or make sure the bathtub is clean," I was like. And then he gives this powerful speech to this kid, telling him that everything's going to be okay, knowing he has a wife and a young daughter at home. I'm like, that's some 
dog is that's she? messed up. <laughs> yeah. But you know that and that just goes to show that Alonzo only looks out for one person. Alonzo. Yep. He doesn't care about anybody else or anything else. It's about his survival and his yep. his hold on the power that he's obtained over all these years. Exactly. So that's that's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, since we're we've oh, kind of yes. already kind of got in there, so let's go ahead and just go ahead and fully dive in there. Let's talk about some of the great lines in this oh man film. So um, I I want to lead off with one of my favorites real quick. Yes. Uh, let me get over to that page. So I really like this one. To protect the sheep, you got to catch the wolf. And it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. Mm-hmm. Little do you know that that line just basically is the setup for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So to protect the sheep, you got to catch the wolf. So in this movie, the or in this analogy, you know, the sheep are the people. Right. The wolves yeah. are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. It takes a wolf to catch a wolf. So there's your first inclination right there that Alonzo is not who he appears to be. He is referring to himself as a wolf. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> wolves are bad. Bad, yeah. Wolves, yeah. you know, wolves go after the sheep. <laughs> Who's our sheep in this situation? Who's our sh- main sheep in this story? Jake. He's easy Jake. target. He's yeah. easy to pick off. Here's what Alonzo never, ever, ever saw coming. Shaping Jake into a wolf. Right. And becoming the sheep himself. Yep. And when that table is turned, it takes a wolf. And then then we're talking about it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. So not even shaping into a sheep himself. He's shaped Jake into a wolf. So now you have a wolf going after a wolf. wolf. And we see that that carnage right at the end that is a wolf on wolf fight that is an alpha (laughs) going up against um a beta for the struggle of power yep it's it's crazy it's it's a beautiful line i love it when lines can describe the entire plot of the story in such simple terms but have such a deep meaning and i really feel like that was the line of this film yeah, no, that is awesome. Um, you know, the ones that I picked are basically it's like the ones that everyone know, right? Do you hear yeah. people say um um but they're they're the staple of the movie. So like King Kong ain't got shit on me. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is where he is pissed, as we mentioned before. He's like, you know, Jake is walking off with the the money, he's yelling at Jake to come back. And he's, you know, just going off like, y'all, you know what? I'm the king around here. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Mm-hmm. I'll have all y'all motherfuckers up in Pelican Bay eating, you know, you know, just he is going off. I don't even, you know, it's like a, he's just on a rant, you know, sometimes when you're so mad, you don't even know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like I, it's so good that it's almost like that. Did he just do that on his own or was it written like that? Because he is selling it that you're just like ranting. You're just saying whatever comes to mind. You're just going off. But King Kong ain't got shit on me is definitely when this movie came out, everybody was saying that. that. (laughs) And then the second one, which is said throughout the movie by Alonzo again, um, and he says it, I um, mean, to everybody. Do you want to go to jail or do you want to go home? Mm-hmm. And that that line already for 
cop to say is like, well, you caught me do something bad. Mm -hmm. So do I want to go to jail? Do I want to go home? It's like, I have an option. You know, there is no option, (laughs) right? There shouldn't be an option. And then for him, I mean, like the whole time they put no one in jail. This is a cop movie. And no one went to jail. You caught every scene. Someone's doing something bad almost, including themselves. But no one went to jail. That's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nobody went to jail. No one went to jail. The only people on handcuffs was, I believe, was Jake. And that's when he almost got shot in the bathtub. It was his own handcuffs. Mm -hmm. That sucks. Um but I mean, even you know the guys they saw almost raping um, uh, Smiley's cousin. Yeah, they got just, they got left behind. Yeah, they just beat him up, hit him in the balls, and just you know let him go. So it's, do you want to go to jail or do you want to go home? It's kind of like another one that kind of shapes the story of this movie. That you know, it's, I kind of use it every day. It's like a not every day, but you know, in, in my day to day, you know, kind of like a joke. Do you wake like, up in the morning and like, uh, do you want to go to jail or do you want to go yeah, home? Exactly. Uh, you know, I, as a joke, it's like you know when when something needs to be done around the house. I'm like, well, babe, what? You, you want to go to jail? You want to go home? I'm like what? 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 It got to be done. You want to go to jail? You wanna go yeah, home? it's got to be. <laughs> but yeah, so the, you know, the, your wolf comment uh, line and. I would say the do you want to go to jail? Do you want to go home? It's like sh- it shapes the movie. It's like it does. I mean, because that that's his motto throughout the entire film. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I mean, th- that's exactly what he's living by throughout the entire film. He wants to go home. He, right. Well, I mean, it's for him. The options are: do you want to be dead or do you want to go home? Right. He right wants there. to go home. So, I mean, you can easily substitute anything other than jail in there. Right. Uh, it's like, but yeah, that that's his motto. And it's such a it's a it's a powerful line, and again another driver, like you said, of this plot line. So yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, and it's also funny how Denzel says uh, Jake, like Jake, like when he shot him, like Jake, or he's yelling, it's like it's just the way he like calls Jake's name is so funny in the movie. <laughs> I had some thoughts on that rant that you were talking about. You know, yeah, like how he yeah, did yeah. such a great uh, job delivering it. I agree. There had to be some sort of sense of not ad libbing, but kind of like free freestyle, if you will. Like these are these are the word these are some words and ideas we need you to put into your like statement. But just let the emotion take you. As long as you say these few words, you know, like you know, Pelican Bay or something like that. Um, I actually have it pulled up. um, No, I'll have part of it pulled up right here. Uh, Where did it go? so, all oh, you motherfuckers. Okay, all right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches, huh? You think you can do this shit? Jake, you think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. And then he says some other things that I don't want to say out. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, he, you're right. He just goes into this little rant, and it sounds so organic. It sounds so right off the top of his head and stuff like that. So I, maybe they gave him some leeway with that. Yeah, I, I I would really want to know. And if not, I'm like, well, damn, that's why you deserve the Oscar. Because I can't imagine having that all that emotion and hitting every line. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely miss something or switch something. Oh. That's just, 
<laughs> I could have like this group sitting in front of me and I'd still fumble yeah, on the lines. Because yeah. he's like moving around. He's like, I mean, he's so theoretical. But it's just, it's so funny. <laughs> it is funny. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Uh, he's he's pretty, uh, just talking about it even more, you know, with you right now. It's like, him and uh, Ethan Hawke do a really good job in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they've got such a terrific chemistry throughout this whole yeah. movie. Uh, you can feel that tension between them. It kind of made me wonder. So you know how like when people prep for movies and stuff like that sometimes uh, to really get into character? Like if a character is supposed to – if characters are supposed to be really like – like um, comfortable around each other, like the actors will get together long before mm-hmm. shooting starts, and like you know, yeah. spend a lot of time with each other and stuff like that. I wonder if Denzel and Ethan were kept apart until like day one mm-hmm. of shooting, so they had they had that kind of like you know, Ethan didn't know how to deal with Denzel uh, situation because they they had great chemistry when they were talking to each other, but you could kind of feel that apprehension of him being the new guy with the right. seasoned guy and stuff like that. Uh, I, I kind of like to think about those kinds of things because yeah. I really feel like that helps drive uh, character development. And obviously, you know, they have the script, so they know what's going to be happening. But maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they, because you hear about this happening all the time in Hollywood, they withhold parts of the script on purpose from people. So as not to give it away, so you can get a natural reaction. So yeah. maybe Jake didn't know exactly how corrupt or how this was going to go down with Denzel. And then as filming progressed, he kept getting more and more of the script and he could start piecing it together. And you can see him piecing it together in the movie. Maybe that's what they did to him in real life. He was piecing yeah. it together simultaneously. Yeah. I, 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 I like to think about stuff like that. And I yeah. kind of, I think um, filmmakers put that kind of thought uh, not to nerd out here real quick but you know it's like harry potter um alan rickman played the role of snape one of the most pivotal roles in the entire universe and before the world knew snape's role jk rowling sat down with alan rickman and said this is who severus snape is so he got to play that role from beginning to end mm. knowing what the end game was wow and that's powerful and the rest of the world had to find out wow. you know as the oh, as the man. stories came along so obviously yeah. by the time the last movie came out the last book had already been out so the whole world knew then right but right right he knew and he got to put all that into his performance, and the rest of the world had to figure it out. Yeah, that's and awesome. Uh, that's awesome stuff right there. So yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's a nice find there, sir. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, if it's Harry Potter trivia, I'm there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um there's one line. Uh, I'm going to take it back to that diner scene real quick. So I really like yeah, that whole yeah. thing um, when he's talking about. He's like, you know, tell me a story, Hoyt. My story? No, not your story. A story. Because you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, so tell me a story. I don't know. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? Okay, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper. It's 90% bullshit, but it's entertaining. That's why I read it. Because it entertains me. You won't let me read it, so you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. (laughs) I at the end of the, I remember smiling as soon as that line was done oh, because I was just like, "That's hilarious." Yeah. 
that's hilarious. Again, it's like he's bullying. Oh man, yeah that that diner scene again. It like it set Alonzo's tone, but as mm-hmm. the watcher, you're still just like, ah, oh, it's okay. Yeah, you're you're still trying to figure out the dynamic here, and you're going into it with the assumption it's just it's a supervisor having fun with the trainee, the rookie, (laughs) and it turns out to be a lot more than that. And at the end of the movie, he now has an absolutely amazing story Uh, to tell. Oh right, man, yeah, Um, (laughs) story to end all stories. Uh, Are we ready to say the ending yet? Are we ready to talk about the ending? I just got one more line I want to talk oh, about there we real go. quick. Yeah, let's do it. And then uh, we can definitely get there. So it's right after uh, the whole break-in scene. Well, not break-in scene. They walked into Roger's house. But after yeah. the whole sequence and stuff like that, they killed Roger and everything. Jake's like, that man was your friend, and you killed him like a fly. <laughs> and Alonzo's response just like really stuck out to me. It's like, <laughs> why is he my friend? Because he knows my first name. Roger sold dope to kids. The world is a better place without him. This man was the biggest major violator in Los Angeles. This is the game. I'm playing his ass. That's my job. That's your job. I watched that cocksucker operate with impunity for over 10 years, and now I got him. The shit's chess. It ain't checkers. What, we all of a sudden going to roll up in a black and white? Come on, man. Take the money. And that's... That's it, because you had already had this idea placed in your head that they were friends just from the simple mm-hmm. fact of that first yeah. visit earlier in the <laughs> yeah. day. And they're they're talking, they're chummy, they're drinking together and stuff like yeah. that. And then it's that that moment that if you hadn't already figured it out, you should know right then the hustle. And like you said, he's been hustling everybody the entire time and he just flat out calls it out. Yeah, It's a game. Yeah. I'm playing. Yeah. It's a yeah. role I have <sighs> to play in order to do what I need to reach my ends. Mm-hmm. And I think it resonates with me a little bit because, I mean, not to say that we all play a game, but I think we all have those, have had, or may even currently have, someone in our lives that kind of plays that role of Roger. You know, y'all are friendly, y'all are chummy and everything, but maybe they serve a purpose and they're not right. actually a friend. Right. I'm not saying right. we're all shady motherfuckers, but still. No, no. I mean, that's kind of... We live in a world where it's all about who you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and for, you know, someone like you just been in the military, it, it's good to keep some of those relationships. It's good mm-hmm. not to keep some of those relationships oh. that you might have. Yeah, <laughs> you know true. what I mean? And you might not talk to everyone all the time, but it's just like a simple like, hey, how you doing? You know, mm-hmm. how's the fam? Okay, cool. That might, yeah. you never know when you might have to pull on that. So it it's similar, but it's not like shady. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I really feel like I maybe should, I should amend my statement here. So we don't all have these kind of shady contexts, but you're absolutely right. It's called networking. networking and it's a very, exactly. it's a very useful tool. <laughs> now, networking can't, doesn't mean you can't be friends, but networking right. doesn't necessarily mean you have to be friends. Yeah. Uh, it's always great to have a contact in your back pocket that maybe oh, yeah. you you know, need to lean on here and there and stuff like that. But it doesn't need to be a true friendship. You, you'll you know each other's first names. You might know a little bit something here, a little bit of something mm-hmm. there, but you're not going to be intertwined in each other's lives. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Alfon- uh, Alonzo. Um, <laughs> Alfonso, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Alonzo uh, decided to do that. To He knew that he had a lot of money. So mm-hmm. whenever he needed money, he knew that he could bust him, and that's 
That's it. And that was it for him, you know? <laughs> Let's talk this ending. Yeah, so you mentioned that you weren't, um, you didn't like it. So I'm, I'm kind of, oh, oh okay. Yes. Uh, so this actually goes into one of the things that I would change about this film. Yeah. Uh, so in the end, Jake gets to walk away. He gets mm-hmm. to go home. He got to go home to his family. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the end, Denzel gets what's coming to him. The Russians mm-hmm. catch up with him. They shoot him dead in the street. Mm-hmm. In the end, he gets to be recognized and remembered as somebody honorable, which mm-hmm. I get. Damn, I got to move this mic stand. Um, <laughs> I like to talk with my hands, and I, this one's like all uh, restricted. But, uh, you know, I get it. That's all part of the game, too. They're not going to sit there. Uh, the better story is to say they had a corrupt cop, but who wants to ever admit they had a corrupt cop? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to die with honor, and he's going to be remembered with honor. Um, and I think that's the part that kind of bugged me the most, is we've had two hours of build-up and storyline, and then it just ends so suddenly. And you're kind of left to your own devices here. So he gets what's coming to him with the Russians, and that's it. Jake gets to go home, and that's it. Uh, what happened to Alonzo's team? Mm-hmm. They're, they're just as crooked, if not more Well, not more right. crooked. They're just as crooked as yeah. Alonzo is. They have done all sorts of illegal things. They have murdered. They have stolen. They are, they are just as guilty as their now-dead leader. It, that was my problem with Jake being able to walk away and go home. Uh Alonzo's team would not be letting that guy live right now. No, they would go after him for sure. Especially once they got word that Alonzo was dead, because they know exactly what's going to happen. Jake's going to talk. So yeah. I, I think that I think that's why the ending bothered me a lot. It, it, it left too much open for interpretation, and it left you guessing what was going to happen moving forward where i'm a guy who likes resolutions knowing that they were never going to make a sequel to this movie or anything like that (laughs) it it was just too open for me i i need a resolution i need a definitive ending and i need to know what's going to happen um even if it's in like little title cards at the end you know alonzo's team was uh rounded up and arrested or some bs like that or you know a more realistic ending uh would have been uh you know alonzo's team was at jake's house waiting for him or something like that when he arrived. So I know it's something stupid and I know it's very nitpicky on my part, but I think that's why the ending didn't sit well with me. It just, it was so abrupt and to me unrealistic. So, and I, but I think someone countered that with, I think they did it for a reason. Okay. For what I mentioned before, this was an ongoing thing in LAPD that they were trying to show light on. So it was kind of like, you know, this isn't when you hear that this cop died in a shootout or something, you know, survive. I think what they say survived by a wife and two kids. I think Denzel made that reference uh, was the honorable LAPD officer and then the name. I think they're, they were kind of trying to be like, this is what happens. Like, it, again, it's from top down. It's everybody. So even the officers know like, yeah, he doing some shady shit, but we just let him go. So, you know, when they die, it's like, we're still going to cover for them. So it's like a never ending thing that even when they die, because there's so many people involved, 
it never it nothing ever changes. So I th- I would have to ask um man, I forgot the director's name already. And and tone, right? Is it um, um Farika? For- Farika sure. Yes. Um that guy. <laughs> Antoine Fuka. Fuka. F U Q U A. Yes, my pronunciation is probably horrible. <laughs> We're butchering that. it. I butcher yes, people's names all the time. For that. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of what he wanted for this. You know, that was the whole story behind this is to spread light on this. So I think he probably picked that whack in and just to be like, hey, it's not always. A perfect ending like it's still it's still going on someone else will step up in his reins now they could have shown that that you know maybe dr dre took over right and mm-hmm. you know in the scene with dr dre busting down another house and shooting someone you know you know they c- could have played on it a little bit more i agree you know but to show that a just because alonzo's gone doesn't mean that it solves the issue you know and you know that that's fair and before coming into this recording, I had no idea about that. So going yeah, into yeah. it with that knowledge right there that at the time it was an ongoing thing based on an ongoing story. Now I can actually sit there and accept the ending a little bit more as to, hey, the ending kind of hasn't happened yet. But here's where our story comes to a close. Yeah. Yeah. The ending is to come. Um. And that's that's actually a better way of thinking about it. Yeah, but him getting shot up like that was I mean, it See, they coulda I, it's hard to say, but I hate saying this, even though it is a movie, but they could have killed him a little bit better. Like. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, it was like uh he's at a stoplight and then y'all just roll up like that's it. Like, I no started chasing him, like there's none. I started thinking about that exact death scene when you were talking. Uh, explaining uh, why I should reconsider the end of this. And I actually now have... I'm going to counter my own idea here. So while I was not very thrilled with that death scene because I thought it was a little anticlimactic given that we've had so much buildup for it, mm-hmm. it's actually perfect now because in the end, he died alone, unceremoniously, on yeah. an empty freeway, and nobody to care. Nobody. It was all all that all that prep work, all that he was trying to do throughout the day to prevent that from happening, and it yeah. happened. And they went on their way and just left him there. And I actually feel like that's the perfect way to kill off his character, unceremoniously, yeah. without any type of without all without any kind of reservations. That was dirty. Gory, shoot him up. He was Swiss yeah. cheese. Done. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's a rough way to go. He right actually there. lived longer than I thought he should have. <laughs> After <laughs> being sure. shot like that, how did he struggle for so when long do- before he yes. finally died? <laughs> <laughs> when that door opened, he got. I was like, "There's no way." Yeah. Nope. He's alive, and he's. No what way. did he make it to his trunk? I can't remember. Did he make it to the no. trunk? No. He collapsed no, he just before got- that. He got up 
he got out of the car and I believe just stood next to the car and then I then I believe they started shooting again. So it yeah. was it was a wrap. I think okay, he I, yeah, he didn't make it. Yeah. All right, I thought he made it to the trunk. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. So I, that's actually the perfect death scene for him, and it was and that's karma. You know, he's yeah. he talks about you know how he's got all these people who respect him, his team, mm-hmm. stuff like that. He's got a mistress, he's got children, he's got a wife, things like that. He's got so many people uh, that quote unquote. Um, his empire i know he never actually uses that word but i'll go ahead and give it to him his empire he dies alone nobody to stop it nobody gives no one cares as uh jason grigsby would say gaze upon my field of fucks and realize that it is barren that's exactly what happened there (laughs) exactly i'm now i'm i i can now accept this ending a little bit there you go so i'm and that actually improves my win. rating of this movie now. So I originally gave this movie a six out of ten because I, I again I like the dialogue and stuff like that. I like the performances in it. I just was not a fan of how the plot was be, uh, like, especially the end, how that kind of just all so ended abruptly. But going into it now with what I know, uh, ongoing story and stuff like that, appreciating uh, the death a little bit more and stuff like that, I'm willing to upgrade it by a whole point to a seven out of ten. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'll I'll take that. I'll take a seven out of ten on that, especially on your first on, on your first on my first watch. watch. Yeah, your first watch. That's pretty good. I'll take it. What would you give this movie? Uh, I mean, you know, it's my all time favorite, but I, you know, there are some. I'm trying to read it to other like cop movies that are similar, mm-hmm. and I would. I would say it's probably one of the top ones. Um, so I'll probably give it an eight, eight or nine. Okay. Personally. Um, I, I, so I would say that coming into it without doing the research before doing the show, I probably would have just given it, you know, an eight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. But knowing that, you know, the whole story behind it and what um, the producer and director was trying to get at, it kind of moves into like that 8.59 range for me. Like, oh, you're getting to a deeper story here. And uh, I kind of like that. So that's what I would give it. Awesome. I can respect that a lot. Yeah. Um, any plot holes or movie mistakes that you may have noticed or want to make mention of? So the biggest one, and I watched this a couple of times to make sure that I wasn't wrong about this. So correct me if I... I'm wrong. Okay. So, you know, at the end, the car looks like it's in pretty good position. It has the three bullet holes already in there, mm-hmm. but it looks like it's in pretty good per, um, condition. The front's not messed up. The trunk's not messed up. Mm-hmm. And if you remember this, you know, a couple of scenes before he was banging up into other cars with Jake on the hood, trying to get Jake off the hood and trying to get away. Yeah. And the car looked like shit yeah. <laughs> when it was in the hood. You know what I mean? But you come out to the scene and it's like, oh, that didn't happen. So it's like, that's a little mishap. And I think they forgot. They mm-hmm. probably shot it first and then was like, ooh, that's one thing. And I don't know if they really meant to have Eva butt naked in the movie. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I I I think that was intentional. It'd be like, hey, we've done everything else. Have we had a naked chick? Nope. Okay, let's take her clothes off and just have her stand there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. 
that car uh, that car scene you know that actually happens a lot more in movies than um people realize i i think of the movie twister immediately uh there's a scene in twister where they are driving the truck and they hit that piece of farm equipment that basically impales their windshield goes right through the car and stuff like that not just a few moments later they come crashing out of the house windshield is fine (laughs) um another one i can think of is uh, the invisible man have you seen the recent invisible man I don't know. I have not. Just came out earlier this year. Fantastic okay, movie. No. I highly recommend it. Uh, okay. There's a scene where uh, I'm going to try not to give too much of the plot points away here. Uh, she's escaping. Our main character, Elizabeth Moss, is escaping. And uh, she commandeers a vehicle that she caused to crash. And, like, you see the front end get pretty banged up and destroyed during this crash. But when she takes off in this vehicle, it's fine. <laughs> So these kind of car things um, happen yeah. a lot more uh, than not. Uh, it, it's not to say it's bad editing, but I really feel like uh, there there are people on sets that are paid specifically to monitor continuity. Interesting. And that's why I sit there. I'm just like, these people <laughs> need to lose their jobs. Um, Where do I apply? <laughs> yeah, right. I, mean, I will sit there. I will. I will continue the shit out of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I can nope. Do that. Nope. That car did not look like that. Bring that other car back in here. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, it, it's that time of year. I I love White Christmas. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. And uh, there's a scene in White Christmas where. They they keep pouring tea, like they're pouring tea, handing it off, and then nobody's holding tea, and then they're holding tea, and they're not holding tea. They're pouring tea, even though they just poured tea. It, really bad continuity errors and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I I had thought about that too uh, when uh, they were banging up the car and stuff like that. Trying, he was trying to shake Jake, and then. Um, like you said, that car was in pretty good condition by the time we saw that final, yeah. uh, that final uh, showdown between the Russians and him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and plot wise, I mean, you know, we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier in the show. Um, just kind of wishing they gave a little bit more information on the Vegas scene. You know, what happened in Vegas? Like, they could have gone a little bit more into that. I Many would argue I'm, that that's part of the that's part of the fun of the story that you kind of have to yeah. just imagine what happened. But I, I'm a details guy. I love background stories. So give me as much as you possibly can. Like, is there a book that accompanies this movie? You know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even it, it, it could have even been like as Smiley was t- talking about it, they could have done like a flashback. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, something I mean? like real quick, just a little something, just to be like. We already know he's a hothead, so like, I want to see how he was acting because now you got me into this whole uh, Alonzo is wild. I want to see him beat this guy up, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to see the scene a little bit, but yeah, that's the only other thing. I think they were. I think from start to end, and they did a pretty good job. And I mean, it, it is two hours long, so you can't add too much more into that. So. <sighs> I thought the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Training day, the extended edition. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are there any other um, tidbits of information or any other facts that you would like to offer up about this film before we bring it to a close? 
No, I think I I think I hit on everything. I hit I think I hit on all the fun facts that I looked up, but um I do want to mention that Snoop Dogg's part. Ooh, Snoop. Um, it, that's a good scene as well mm-hmm. when he's um, getting the information that he needed to find some money to pay the three wise men. So when you watch this movie, make sure you pay attention to, um, I think they just call them blue. Yeah. Right? Is it blue. blue. Uh, and you know how that, how they get that information. Um, again, never been in that situation, but I, it's pretty believable that when someone's trying to get a big fish, you kind of get that like, yeah, they would do actually do that to somebody. You know what I mean? So, and it's a shame. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a shame that you know, Blue. You know, he was a drug drug dealer, so he wasn't like he was a good guy. But you know, you, you still have rights, regardless if you're a good guy or not. So Th- that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, before, oh, how about you? Uh, well, I, I do have one, and I remember reading this, and I just it baffled me why it was ever a thought. So Ethan Hawke, while being the director's first choice for this role, was not actually the first person cast into the role of Jake. Wow. Interesting. A little guy by the name of Toby Maguire was originally really? cast as Jake Hoyt. I think they made a great decision. <laughs> Uh, I cannot see Tobey Maguire playing this no. role whatsoever. Uh, it, it baffled me when I was reading this. And he was getting so into the role that he, uh, where did I read this? He followed undercover narcotics officers for up to two months and was even wow. going to the gym to put on some weight, so on some mass so he could pull <laughs> off this role, even though Ethan Hawke wasn't exactly, you know, big. Uh, right. But when Ethan Hawke's schedule became available, the director's like, sorry, Toby, kicked him out and then brought Ethan in. <laughs> and I think that was definitely going to be the better choice there. I just can't oh, wrap yeah. my hand around, spy- wrap my whole head around Spider-Man playing this role. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Oh, that's that's pretty funny. I, I love hearing those things um, about, you know, people coming in or they w- were the first choice or weren't the first choice. And you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, like my favorite TV show is NCIS. The original? And the the original NCIS. The OG. Thing. Yes, I love no, Mark OG. Harmon. And Gibbs. To come to find out that Mark Harmon was not the first person that they wanted for that uh, position. It was, oh, God. I'm right. uh, who plays like Gibbs roles on NCIS New Orleans? Oh, what's his face? Oh, God. Oh, what is his name? What is his name? What is his name? I can't think of it. Man. But anyways, he was at the one that the director wanted. No. So it was kind of funny. Mark yeah, Harmon is the him. only Gibbs. Oh, the only Gibbs. So it's kind of funny how that works out and that he ended up being in the series just on a spinoff. So it's kind of funny. Man, I cannot remember that guy's name. I can't think of that guy's name either. I can see the face, but I yes. cannot think yeah. of this guy's name. Oh, uh, no, NCIS is such a great show. Um, oh, yeah. Don't let people give you a hard time over NCIS. It's a great show. There we go. You know what? Anytime anyone gives me a hard time, I'm going to tell them that they need to go check out Chuck at the Movies. Yeah. Episode Training Day. What episode are you on right now? What episode, uh, is, this? Ooh, what episode is this? This is number. This is number thirty-eight. Thirty-eight, man. You're doing great things, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, I'm super excited. Um. I I got the Martian after this. Uh, that's going to be my 2020 closer. 
uh, with my okay. brother, and then uh, I'll get started back up in January of next year, and I'm really excited because I've reformatted some of the things I'm going to do on the show, uh, and yeah. uh, I'm excited for the episodes I've got planned to start off right off the bat. Uh, I'm not going to talk about what movies I'm doing yeah. yet because I want to play those cards close to my chest, but my brother will be returning um, doing that season opener. Uh, I'm and I'm doing two collabs right after that back to back collab. So I'm going to be working with a podcast, Porcelain Peak. Shout out to you guys. Okay, they're going to be coming on talking about a movie I absolutely despise. And uh, then I have a podcast on Elm Street up at uh, up in Canada. They're going to be taking a break from talking horror movies, and they're going to talk a really fun uh, kind of cop action thriller with me. So I'm really excited about yeah. that. So a lot of great stuff happening. I'm really 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 enjoying the fact that i decided to start this podcast and um i'm glad that i'm going to be able to continue it into the next year as well because uh there was a very brief moment that i did not think i was going to continue this into 2021 yeah well hey you're doing great stuff man so definitely continue doing it i enjoy listening you know you're growing fans every day so keep doing the good work you know over at the me show we're just trying to be like you when we get older so (laughs) y'all are doing great things too i love listening to your episodes man like i said you're you're the only reason i know what's happening in the basketball world half the time uh but uh i also just enjoy listening to everything y'all have to talk about uh why don't you do one more plug for everybody before we uh sign off yeah, so check out the me show. It's at T H E M E S H E A U X. That's on all platforms. We're all we're on all podcast platforms as well. You can just go to our website again, themeshow.com. And you know, I I don't I don't even know if I told you this, but I you know I I, I love being in this world, so I started Fitzgerald Productions. So Fitzgerald Productions is hosting the Me Show now, and hopefully after COVID, you know I'll set up a studio and have like a little podcast studio. So I have other podcasts under me as well. So that's awesome, dude! I love that. Yeah, I have plans right now. You know, I have a wedding in 2021, so I have a plan. We already starting something, another podcast that's going to come out that's going to be mainly sports. I'm not going to give too much out about that, but that'll be later, late 2021, where it'll be the second podcast of Fitzgerald Productions. So trying to do some things. I love that. You're doing absolutely awesome things up there. I can't wait to see all that come to fruition. Uh, so yes, guys, please go check out the Me Show podcast. It is a lot of fun. And then also, uh, you're obviously listening to this episode, so I'm on whatever platform you got it from, but I can be found on all those platforms as well. And I am out there on Instagram and Facebook. Please go give me a follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And we love both Adam and I for our shows. Love ratings and reviews. Five stars only. Um, five stars only. <laughs> five stars five will get stars you shout outs. Uh, yes. But uh Guys, be safe out there. COVID is still happening. It's a real thing. It's not fake. I don't care who's telling you it's fake. It's not. Um, It's not. Be safe. Wear your masks. I'm sorry the movie theaters are shut down still, or I don't know. Are they they operational up there in Virginia? Uh, I 
heard that they might be opening, but you know they're hurting at this point. So I don't yeah. know because I heard I heard something on the news like oh a dollar for a show or something. Yeah, I don't know no, if people are actually going. Yeah, movie theaters are hurting, and Warner Brothers just made a huge announcement that's going to be even more detrimental to movie theaters that they are releasing their entire 2021 oh, release schedule yes. on HBO Max simultaneously as they release them in theaters. So guys, now's the time to subscribe to HBO Max. It's starting <laughs> yeah. on Christmas Day with Wonder Woman, uh, Christmas Day, Wonder Woman, 1984, and literally every movie they have slated for 2021 is going to be released on HBO Max in 4K, and that includes wow. movies like The Matrix 4, which I still wow. don't know why is a movie. Why is this a movie, guys? Um, but uh, yes, be safe. Continue to stay home whenever you need to, however long you need to. Be safe when you're out, wear your mask. Uh, Netflix, Amazon, HBO Max, all those things are your friends. And uh, watch movies and listen to the Me Show while you're at it, too. Yeah, win the day every day. Absolutely. All right, guys. And that is how we do. I'll see you next time.